Well, Peter has just warned his readers about false prophets. And he told them that these false prophets would come bringing destructive heresies. And one of the key indicators that they were false prophets was in the fact that they denied the master, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his work. Now, let me underline this point from from verse 1 before moving on. Peter tells us that false prophets deny the master. Jesus Christ, of course, is that master. And he's master for many reasons. He's master because he created us and we would not be here otherwise. He's master because he's given us and gives us life and breath and without him we would cease to exist. He's master because he purchased us with his blood on the cross of Calvary. He's master because of who he is. He's the eternal, almighty, sovereign God who by his very nature is higher than any other. And it's both our obligation and our privilege to know him and to bow in submission to him as a perfect and holy and gracious master. But there are those, however, who resist the Lord Jesus Christ, our master. And they will not submit to him nor to his purpose. Some do this because they do not know him. Others do so out of a rebellious heart. And some of those who do so out of a rebellious heart teach another way apart from Christ and his lordship. And these individuals, according to Peter, are false prophets, false teachers. Now, in verses 2 and 3 that we're going to examine today, Peter describes those who would deny the lordship of Jesus Christ and, and what they teach. And as we begin, let's just take a moment here to see what Peter has to say, and let's examine what he says here in these two verses about these false prophets in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 and 3, he says this, And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Well, let's take a moment in the time that remains to break down these verses and see what they say to us about those who deny the Lordship of Jesus Christ, our Master. Notice first what Peter tells us, readers, his readers in verse 2. And many, says Peter, will follow their sensuality. Speaking here of these false prophets, Peter tells his readers that many will follow the sensuality of these false teachers. The word translated sensuality in the English standard refers to something that is a loss, destruction, death, perdition. And the word sensuality refers in many ways to the temporal flesh. That, that's to say, that which isn't eternal, that which is going to perish, that which we're going to lose to the grave. So what's Peter telling us here? He's telling us that the focus of these false prophets is the here and now. 
They, they teach about the satisfaction of the temporal flesh and its passions. They live for what is going to die. For them, life is about the gratification of the fleshly appetites and desires. It's about pleasure. It's about riches. It's about comfort. It's about ease. It's about the freedom to do as I please without a master. There is no thought for the eternal. All that is important is the sensual, that which I can feel, touch, and experience here below. And when Peter tells us that many will follow their sensuality, he's showing us that these individuals who follow their sensuality have a different master. It's their sensuality that governs their life and determines its direction. They follow this like a servant follows his or her master. Now, it's true that they have denied the only true master, but they still have their master. They have surrendered to their lusts. They have bowed down to their feelings. They have enchained, been enchained by their own passions and desires. And the master of sensuality and perdition is a cruel master. He's broken many families. He's destroyed many relationships. And he has taken many lives in the abuse of the flesh through drugs and alcohol and immorality. He's left whole societies confused and in chaos. And Peter tells us that we can recognize false teachers by their sensuality. But notice what Peter goes on to tell us here in verse 2. And many, he says, will follow their sensuality. There is such a fleshly appeal to this focus of the false teachers that Peter tells us that many will follow it. These teachers will have no problem converting people to a teaching that casts off restraint and surrenders to the passions of the flesh, to a teaching that says, be what you want to be and live as you want to live. Take every passion, take it in, every desire, fulfill every lust. Peter tells us that false teachers teach sensuality. Now, Peter goes on to say that because of these false teachers and their ways, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Verse 2, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Now, what is the way of truth? Well, Jesus answers that very clearly when he tells us, I am the way, the truth and the life. The way of truth is the way of Jesus Christ. It's the way that speaks of sin and its consequences. It's the way that speaks of the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on our behalf. It's the way that demands repentance, forgiveness, and death to self. Now, Peter tells us that through the teaching of these false prophets, that way of Christ will be blasphemed. The idea is that they will speak evil of the path Christ has laid out for us. They will mock the purpose of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, you don't have to blaspheme only in words. You can also blaspheme by your actions. Now, remember here that Peter speaks about these false teachers being among us. That means that those who blaspheme the way of truth may very well be in the church. 
they blaspheme the way of truth by rejecting the purpose of the master. These false teachers will bring their sensuality into the church. They will come with their ungodly passions. They will deny the morality of Christ and promote their own. And many will get caught up in this, believing it's the loving thing to do. True love, however, will never blaspheme the name of the one it's committed to. In the name of love and acceptance, these false teachers will reject the purpose of the one it claims they claim to love. They, they will grieve his heart by their refusal to submit to his purpose for their lives. And Peter tells us that these false prophets will blaspheme the name of the Lord by their teaching and their lifestyle. By the refusal to submit to his revealed purpose, they walk in disobedience. By rejecting his lordship, they make themselves enemies to his purpose. They blaspheme the way of truth by speaking evil of it, by teaching another way, by refusing to walk in submission to the one true master. Peter tells us that false prophets, false teachers, will blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ and his work on our behalf. Next, Peter goes on to say that these false teachers were greedy. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words, he says. Now, Peter has already told us that these false teachers deny the only master, Jesus Christ, and follow their own sensuality. And the natural result of that is greed. Greed is the lust for more and more of this world. Now, the heart cries out to be filled. And when it doesn't find that fulfillment in Jesus Christ, it seeks it in the world. And these false teachers sought after the things of this world. They were greedy for gain. Those that have all they need in Christ are free to sacrifice all they have in this world. That's not the case, however, for these false teachers. Peter tells us that to satisfy this greed and lust for more, false teachers will exploit us with false words. And in their greed, he says, they will exploit you with false words. That's to say, they'll make great and empty promises they cannot fulfill. They promise you the end of all your sorrows, but you find yourself in the grip of addiction instead. They promise you whatever your heart desires, but you soon discover that your heart is a very poor judge of what it really needs. They promise you heaven on earth, but you come to realize that heaven without God is just hell with glitter. There's an emptiness to what the false prophets teach because it's devoid of the God who alone can fill that emptiness. And it's not without reason that Peter calls these false teachers greedy. They're greedy for more because they do not find satisfaction with what they have. All their teaching cannot satisfy the longing of the soul. Their fleshly heart is never satisfied. There's no lasting contentment outside of Christ. Our hearts will always be empty outside of him. And only Jesus Christ can fill us and make us truly content. 
that these false teachers make great promises to others, but they cannot find a fulfillment of these promises even in their own lives. And so they're greedy for more because they don't look to the only one who can truly satisfy their soul. Now Peter goes on in verse 3 to tell his readers that the condemnation of these false teachers is not idle. That could be easy to assume as you look around us, as we look around us even in our day, that God is blind to those who blaspheme his name and resist his rule in their lives. We see so many people falling prey to their error. But Peter reminds us, however, that that's not the case. Listen to what he tells his readers in verse 3. Their condemnation, that is the condemnation of these false teachers, from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. Well, first of all, let's look at this, this phrase. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. A sentence was passed on all who would teach or preach another gospel. False prophets of the Old Testament were judged harshly. The law of Moses condemned them to death. Jesus tells us that it would be better for anyone who, mislead, who misled one of his children for a millstone to be tied around his neck and that he be drowned into the sea rather than face the judgment to come. Paul told his readers that if even an angel of heaven preached any other gospel, let him be accursed. Peter's telling us here that the penalty still remains for false teachers. There are those who believe that it doesn't apply anymore, but Peter tells us that this condemnation is not idle. That's to say, it is not an idle threat, but very real. The condemnation is still in effect, and God will still require payment. But notice also that Peter reassures us that the destruction of these false prophets and teachers is not asleep. Destruction is not asleep, he said. Destruction is pictured here as a great enemy, and, and these false prophets and teachers live as, like, as if this enemy was asleep, and so they continue to preach and teach. They, they feel quite confident that be, because they, they believe that this great bear is, is sleeping and, and is not going to awake. But Peter has news with them, however. That great enemy they thought was asleep was very much alive. And he was tracking every movement they made. He heard every word they spoke, every idle word, every false word. It was only a matter of time before that enemy pounced on them. And the result would be devastating. They would be destroyed without pity. These false teachers and prophets dared to defy the Holy One of Israel. They boldly renounced their, their only master. They defiantly declared that they had a better way. They openly rebelled against his purpose. They misled many into a life of ungodliness. They blasphemed the name of their creator in word and deed. They bowed the knee to the God of sensuality and mocked those who submitted to the one true God. They mocked a God whose ways they did not want to obey, and they made themselves enemies, and by their words and deeds turned many from the one true Master and Lord. 
Shall God take this lightly? Shall the God of all creation take this lightly? Peter tells us that the condemnation of false teachers has been declared from ages past, and it is not an idle threat. He tells us that their great, their great enemy, destruction, is not asleep, but is watching everything they do and listening to everything they say. And the day of destruction is as sure as the present. And so what does Peter tell us in these two verses? He tells us that false teachers deny the master. That's to say they deny his work on the cross is sufficient for our salvation. They deny his word as our only authority for truth and practice. And instead they bow the knee to sensuality, the satisfaction of their temporary worldly passions and delights. And as the day of the Lord draws near, we're going to see more and more of this. False teachers will blaspheme and mock and slander the way of truth. They will lead many astray from the truth with false words. Their message will not provide lasting hope or eternal comfort. These false teachers will be in our churches and in our fellowship grouped and influenced by the god of sensuality and perdition, they will compromise the ministry and integrity of the church. Peter challenges the church of his day to be aware of these false teachers and their teaching. For the believer, there is only one master. His work alone is our hope. His purpose alone, as recorded for us in the Word, is our guide to life and truth. These false prophets will have much to answer for in the end. Peter tells us that they have been condemned, already condemned, and their destruction will come in its time. They will stand before the Creator and face His wrath. When we come to Christ and accept Him, we accept not only him, but also his word. And we commit ourselves not only to him and his salvation, but also to live under his lordship. The word is our guide. It's our guide because we believe it to be the word of our only master and Lord. And so it shouldn't surprise us that Satan will seek with all his might to distract us from it. Let's make it our absolute commitment, not only to honor the Savior who died for us, but also the word he gave to us to be our guide to life and truth.